Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We're running the small little fish out there, so we are on the... We're trying hard to make it true, but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. Very. Very, very good. I'm not sure if that's good Kenny or Tip. Who's making the most noise? Well, <laughs> I, I, I thought you didn't support your teams very well, Kenny and Tip. One minute, one minute, one minute. Let's get a shout from the Kenny fans. <laughs> Tipperary? <laughs> oh, okay. I think Tipperary slightly won that one. Not too sure about that. Well, listen, welcome to the GER live show, All Ireland Final Preview Show. We have a great show lined up. So, you know the panels by now. We have Owen Larkin, Lark Corbett, JJ Delaney and Brian uh, Gavin on the first panel. And then we have Derek McGrath, the great Charlie Carter and The Rock O'Sullivan on panel two. So, we'll get started. And to be fair, Donal O'Cusack, who's not here today, has had some things to say about kind of high-profile RT pundits. Let's say he rattled a few cages. So... Some of them have had their, their comebacks to him. The one man who hasn't really had his say because he's gone off to Sunday game is Ger Nan. So we wanted to find out what Ger thought about all of this shit. So we sent one of our work experience reporters off to try and find out where Ger is. This is a total and absolute disgrace to us. Sweet suffering, James. What does Joe Bolly want, huh? Well, Joe, what's the crack? Sure. Have you seen what Donald Oak said about us in the Sunday game? It's an absolute disgrace, so it is. You must come back onto the show. Joe, I told you already, I've retired, right? And I ain't coming back to the Sunday game, that's it. I'm living in New York now anyway, right? 
You're living in New York. That's it. I'm coming to get you, Jer. We need you back in the Sydney game, pal. Joe, don't you dare, Raz. I'm having the time of my life over here, Raz. Shoot, man's apartment's got to be around here somewhere. We're here to take you home. We, we need you back in the Sunday game. It's urgent. Right, Polly, what in the name of Jez this all about, huh? Sure. We need you back in the Sunday game. Have you seen what Don Lugo's been saying? Joe, I can't leave. The women. Americans, <laughs> Italians, Russians, you name it. Ah, Jer, come on, you catch yourself on, you know. What sort of woman would you be attracting to? Jer, what's taking so long? Just give us a second, just chatting to Joe, all right? Absolutely. <laughs> I got her now at a junior B game, would you believe that? Gaelic Park. You want some meatloaf, do you? David, the meatloaf! No, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Ha! Look, Joe, I ain't going home, right? It's just serious crack over Joe, here. Joe, look, she's just one woman, you know, you can't be here all... Oh, you heading off, Alina, huh? I have to leave. Oh, you have to go, is that right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You're just living the dream, I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, stuff. Beautiful stuff. Now you can see why I ain't going home, eh? And why would you, pal? And I will have some meatloaf, by the way. David, the meatloaf! Now! Never know what he's doing back there, huh? So, what's this crack you're saying about Cusack, huh? I just said the likes of myself and yourself that criticise defensive play are in keeping with the last remnants of British culture within Ireland. You know, some crap like that. <laughs> Is he calling me British? Huh? Well, oh yes, he's calling you British, Paul. I wouldn't take it. That's it. Get my bag. I'm going home. Book the flight. Book the flight. We're going home. I'm going to sort a few of these boys out, right? Absolutely. I'll book the flights. Did I just hear you're leaving? Don't look you, at it again, huh? Call me British. The Sunday game should have sacked his ass years ago. Even she knows it, huh? Absolutely. I'll be back next summer, right? Fuck you. Warn them back at RTE. Look, Nana's back. Absolutely. All right. And before his appearance on the Sunday game, we're lucky enough to have him here tonight. So give him a round of applause, Chair. Look, Nan. Cheers, you wouldn't have room to turn a sweet in your mouth here, eh? How are you, Jared? Jesus, looks like you're living a dream over in New York. Well, Jesus, Willie, I tell you now, I was doing some amount of riding, eh? <laughs> Horses in Central Park. It was great crack, I have to say that now. And then I was there, I was having the time of my life, and then Bradley comes over, tells me what Cusack says, and I said, Jesus, I have to come home. So here I am. I've had to sort a few boys out, eh? Yeah. Can you, listen, can you see what Don Logue was trying to say? Uh, to be honest with you, no, I can't. I've never met a fella more full of his own self-importance or more full of shit than Don Cusack. <laughs> I'll tell you now, I tell you, that lad, he just, he's absolutely full of it. Do you know what I mean? And he wants to manage Cork. I hope he managed Cork, because I hate Cork. And I... <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And McGrath was at it as well. Do you know what I mean? McGrath was saying this, that, and the other. And McGrath wants to be the water manager again. I heard on the radio the other day, yeah? Absolutely. Well, in fairness to him now, you listen. He wasn't a bad manager there. You take the positives when he was with Waterford. You know, he took over there 2014, challenged for the All-Ireland, didn't win it. 
He took over in 2015. He, he, he didn't win it either. 2000, <laughs> 2016, he got close. He didn't win it. 2017, they challenged again. He didn't win it. So he's a very consistent manager, is Derek. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but look, at, I'm back. And that's the crack. And, you know, it's, it's back. It's some serious analysis now. You know, none of this personal digs and abusing teams and managers. I don't like all that. Back now to analysis by Joe Lockman, just proper, just about the, you know, the match, and that's it. Okay, well, here, here's the analysis then. Who's going to win the All-Ireland? Well, it's hard to say. You know, it could be either one or two teams, Tipperary or Kenny, right? <laughs> <laughs> two of the worst teams I've seen now competing in All-Ireland in a long time. Absolutely. <laughs> you look at it, the standard of hurling is so bad, let me tell you that. So bad. Remember back in the day when you had the likes of JJ and you'd lair, you'd own Larkin. Uh, okay, the standard was probably worse back then. <laughs> But at least those lads will go, you know, they take lumps out of each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I was chatting to Babs Keating there one day. He told me, he's, that Lair Corbett fella, he says that one of the worst players he's ever managed. Do you know what Lair told him at the start of a season one time? He says, are you going to commit the tip? He says, I will. Absolutely, Babs. He says, but here's the thing. He says, I can play the matches, but I can't train. Imagine that. I can play the match. An inter-county hurler says that, play the matches, but you can't. I tell you one thing, JJ, you didn't bait him half hard enough, whatever he is. There he is. There. <laughs> Larry Corbett's in there. I tell you, Larry Corbett, he absolutely wanted the... I went to watch him, the 2014 All-Ireland Hurling Final. I went in nice and early to watch Larry. And I have to say, Larry, Jez, I thought you were brilliant. Jez, you were in, he was so sharp. Do you know what I mean? Very wristy, over and back, you know, long ball catching the whole lot. And then the ball was thrown in and he collapsed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just absolutely. And in fairness to Lauer, in fairness now, Lauer followed Tipperary through thick and thin. And anyone from Tip knows that Lauer is fairly fucking thick. Do you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but that's it. Who's going to win now on Sunday? Look, I have to say, I would say that this is the worst Tipperary team I've seen in years. I'm sorry. Kilbet, Kilkenny by about 10, I'd say. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, let's time off. Good luck. I'll see you after. Okay, we're very lucky we have Gerald Lucknan here tonight, and we have Davy Fitzgerald. <laughs> uh, Davy, nice to meet you, Davy. You must be delighted with the progress uh, that Wexford have made this year. <laughs> you know. Obviously, I took the job, you know, there a couple of years ago, and my sole goal, you know, was to improve the hurling around Wexford, you know, and that's, that's my sole aim, because I, I love hurling, you know, I really do, just for the love of the game. And a lot of people criticise me, you know, and they say, this Denny Raw, he comes in for three years, takes all the money, you know, sucks the life out of the team and the whole lot, and then runs off like that is, that's an insult to me, you know, because I care so much about hurling, you know. I really do. My legacy will be watching Wexford, you know, the next 10 years competing in all Ireland, you know, in quarterfinals and semifinals, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, but Paul Galvin's after coming down there, he's part of the football panel now, and he said to me the other day, he says, look, he says, I want Lee Chin and McDonald and these boys to play football. I says, you can't do that. I says, you know, I care too much about this. I says, this is my team. I says, you know, we've got to think of the hurling and the progress we've made, Paul, you know, please. He says, no, no, no. I says, please. I said, at least give me about three weeks. If I resign, you can do what you want. I couldn't give a show you after that. <laughs> so, come here. Who do you think? Who do you feel that? Who do you think should be in the All Ireland this year? Never mind who is. You know, 
oh, I don't have to say too much, Wally, you know yourself, it's all been said, but we were absolutely robbed against Tip. You know, I mean, oh, the referee robbed us, so I did. <laughs> Every single decision went against us, like it was just... You know, I was unreal, you know? Every single, I said it to Liam Sheedy, I said, you got every single decision out there, Liam. I said, I knew when your man got sent off, we had it last then. <laughs> I said, don't be giving me any shot. I don't care if it was a temporary fella I got sent off, but I, like, that's what finished the game for us, you know? And we were, but last year was the worst. We were so close last year, lads. Like, you know, we ended up losing to Clare. And that was an All-Ireland that like, just went away from us. Like, we were within that, you know? We had Claire on the ropes, the whole lot. Lee Chin, there was 40 seconds left. Lee Chin had the ball, goes down the left. He's about to swing it over, and he gets leveled. Leveled with his shoulder. I'm like, free, brilliant. Last puck it again, we'll get it. No. Free goes the other way for Bargin. Claire go down the field and score, and we end up losing. We lost. By 17 points. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I don't think I have to say any more than that. You know, at the end of the day, you've got the Liam Sheedies and the Brian Cody's and these boys, and you know, these are big sharks, and I'm only a small little fish at the end of the day, you know, so... <laughs> Listen, I'm dying for a drink there. You got a point there, do you? Well, I do, actually. I have a drink for you. There's a free bar up there for yourself as a guest, but here, we have a drink for you before you go. Oh, thanks a million there, Wooly. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, lads, yeah, best, I would say best of luck, but I hate tip ankle, Kenny, so good luck. <laughs> Give it up for our first panel, Lark Corbett, JJ Glaney, Owen Larkin and Brian Gavin. You're in the middle, Brian. You're reffing it here. And Larry's in a Kilkenny sandwich like he's been in lots of times before. <laughs> so, that, so that's it, lads. Uh, listen... So between 2009 and 2016, right, Kilkenny and Tipperary played each other in six finals. Like, let, if we're being honest, it was very one-sided between Kilkenny and Tipperary in all of the games, between semi-finals, league games. But in finals, it's three for Kilkenny, two for Tip and a draw. Do you know what I mean? Kilkenny did dominate the other meetings, as we know. Like, you played each other so many times, JJ. Like, they say familiarity breeds contempt. Like, how contemptuous did it get? <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't content anyway, but it was kind of a familiarity. You're getting, nine times out of ten, you're marking the same guy as well, and you probably had to score to settle, and lucky enough, now you, the game came very, very quick there as well, so you can get your own back on as, as quickly as possible. You didn't have to hold on to that, that content down for too long, you know what I mean? But look, again, the, the, I think the two teams bought the, the best of each other as well, and Competitions all over the battles all over the field. Uh, who's Mark and Henry and Larry and Jackie are great battles down the year. Tommy and Bonner and Norm McGrath. There was actually brilliant hurlers on, on two sets of teams, but they always brought the best out of each other as well. And they're always high scoring games as well, you know. And rarely, rarely a, a lad was sent off and Brian was referee and most of the time, anyway, so we didn't, we didn't have to worry about that either, you know. There was no so. sending <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the thing, Owen. Like, I mean, in a, in a weird way, did you like that Tipperary came so strong? Because like, you'd won a few All-Irelands well before that, and then they came along in 2009, and you absolutely didn't get it all your own way, you know, that year, and then they beat you in 2010. Did you need them? Did hurling, maybe hurling needed them? Yeah, I probably did, and I think in 2009, we probably didn't pay as much attention to them 
that's probably what we should have because, you know, they were, probably took the rain off the ball the year before in war for Benton and probably should have got to the All-Ireland that year. And, and then they came in 2009 and we were going for four in a row and, you know, all the hype was about us and they came in on, under the radar kind of a thing. But um, after 2009, definitely we started to look at them then and, you know, started to go through a few things, with, you know, Jackie, Mark and Lara and things like that. Not um, tactics now because Brian doesn't do that, right? Well... He doesn't. He doesn't do it to an extent, but he still looks at. He still looks at the opposition yeah, and what, what strengths and weaknesses they have and how how we could exploit them. But definitely, like we, we did take probably tip for granted in two thousand and nine because they were just after getting there, you know, and, and we thought we were we were going very well. And in, we seen in two thousand and nine, you know, for sixty minutes they were the better team. Yeah. Did you get that feeling, Larry, that maybe they might have had their eye off the ball going into that one? Just uh, to. Your original statement, um, this is a very familiar situation you come to Dublin, surrounded by two Kilkenny fellas and a referee that's on their side. <laughs> now, hold on a sec now. <laughs> now, just hold on one second and I'm going to explain why. So we went on an all-star trip to Argentina, Buenos Aires, <laughs> yeah. and we gave five days and there was one pub in the whole town. Name of the pub, Dead Kilkenny. <laughs> that was the name of the pub, no other pub, so all drinking, so we're out for the, every evening, Declan Kenny was the name of it. But you know what's very, very surprising is Brian was going to drink with the Kenny fellas every evening. <laughs> so I had to, cause, so this was all-star trips, so you had these referees, Kilkenny were winning All-Irelands, they're all going to their all-star trips. So this was a, found out, this is a regular occurrence. The referee that's refereeing the final is ringing with the Kenny fellas. I said, we've no chance, because next year they're all in the same holiday again. <laughs> so let's you work it out yourselves now <laughs> would you give up the holiday he used to come on our team holidays as well not just the other well, so, so it's all coming out now would you blow the whistle for the team you're going to holiday with <laughs> and there was four vodkas for a tenner as well <laughs> Brian you can get a chance to defend yourself here I know look I was I suppose uh, lucky enough to be from Offaly but a lot of Tipperary people uh, mixed me up with Dermot Kerwin because Dermot ref the 9 final yeah. and because he was from Offaly and living in Cork I think a lot of Tipperary people felt I was the one to give the penalty in 9 and it wasn't me yeah. <laughs> so I just want to clear that now so and in fairness uh, the last All-Ireland uh, Tipperary won I refed it so I had to give them one back you know <laughs> It's funny, actually, Paddy Stapleton said on the show during the week, he said, all the other Leinster counties have Stockholm Syndrome with Kilkenny. They hammer us so often, we now love them. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it, yeah. But, OK, so we're going to talk through some of the big talking points from those rivalries, right? And now that you've all mentioned it, um, the 9 final, the huge talking point in that game was the penalty. So we have that here. Questions if he scores it. Well, the first happen foul happened outside for sure. Here's coming for true now. Passed the ball that little bit early, I thought. There's power... He's held up there. Not a whole lot wrong with that. Hurling over the neck. Oh, he just about made. Okay, See, we'll, start, me. We'll, we'll start with you, Brian. There is not in a million years of you giving a penalty for that. No, no, no free anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose, look, the, the two things there, obviously there was a penalty given and, and Dermot probably made a mistake, but it was either a free out or a free in. The last thing it was, it was a penalty. And it was a huge turning point. And I think that's what really kick-started the massive rivalry that Tipperary people felt in 09 that were done over in All-Ireland because I don't think Benny Dunn would have lashed out in a couple of minutes later so I think that's what really ignited uh, the great rivalry we saw in the coming years and after that but yeah. in fairness it wasn't a penalty but I thought Henry hit very well 
Oh, Henry did. <laughs> Henry, <laughs> Henry buried it. But, like, I don't know, like, JJ, what you think of it. Like, I mean, geez, Brendan Cummins ran out of the goals like he was f- going to kill Kerwin. You know, like, it, it wasn't... Let, can you say now it wasn't oh, a penalty? No, and it, it wasn't a penalty, and that makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no problem saying that whatsoever. <laughs> it definitely wasn't a penalty. But we still won the game, so it makes no difference. <laughs> it actually should have been a free out. <laughs> so, like, I mean, Larry, are you over that penalty decision? Because you did cry a little bit about it, is that fair to say? Tip lads wouldn't cry, you know, really. It's <laughs> to take me by surprise here now, JJ. I didn't think now you'd go that deep. I get my chance for, chance for evenings out. <laughs> so that's it. Like, we know it wasn't a penalty. It did change the game, though, Larry. You lost your heads after that. Well, the second goal went in very fast Yeah, it went after in very, that. very quick, yeah. Um, yeah, the two goals changed the game. Yeah, we're like... We're, without a doubt like you, sometimes you get those decisions sometimes you don't it's just that was at the stakes were at the highest was at the most important point in the game so sometimes you get sometimes you don't but yeah the answer is it changed the course of the game would we have um, would we have won it if you, like, no something else could have happened but for a split second in that day I remember the tip as we spoke about after I think we thought that we had it and I just think the penalty was won and then Gertrude's goal then really nailed in the coffin. That was, that was the end of it. And you mentioned Benny Dunn then, uh, Brian. He swung out, which in fairness was out of character for him a little bit on. But, like, I mean, he pulled on Tommy Walsh and Tommy jumped back up straight away. And I actually said to Tommy uh, recently, I said, she's fair play to you for standing back up. That's honourable, not wanting him to get sent off. He says, no, no, I didn't want to let on a Tipperary lad hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be typical of Tommy. You know, but he, he's, he's that type of lad as well that he wouldn't be trying to get a lad sent off. He, he, you know, he'd just jump up, especially in an All-Ireland final. But I think just on, on Lars' point, they probably had... The, Tipperary probably thought they had, had the game won as well, but Peter Ryan also had a brilliant day that day. Like, Tipperary had three or four goal chances that you'd score every day. And PJ pulled saves out from nowhere. And that kept us in the match and it kept us in touch. Right. So, you know, so when the, when the, when the penalty did go in, um, we were able to kick on then. Did you, did you feel it was slipping away for you, JJ, around 60 minutes? That yeah, I, I did, to be honest with you. Yeah, it but looked that of, way. We rode our luck, really, right in, in the first 60 minutes. But then, I think it was the second goal, Michael, we were getting a silent. Michael Cavanagh was running out to the sideline, and he stayed and, and stopped, kept the ball in play and hit it down the field, and we got a goal over it. He could have very easily let that ball over the line. And then, then kind of make your own look there as well. Like, you know, like where he got the ball up the field because you could see we were kind of getting on top in the last few minutes and that got the second goal there as well. Like, you know, but no, on, on Peaches' display that day, I never, I seen him, I heard the same club and, and he'd done that for us for years and years. But to do it on the biggest day of the calendar year is absolutely phenomenal performance. Yeah. So. yeah. And then poor Marty fell the brunt of, of Brian's interview or in the interview after Marty had the temerity to ask him about the penalty. And then that was the end of it, Owen. I don't know if you've seen that, that, uh, that interview. I've seen the clip a couple of times, a good few times, actually, in, in the days after, yeah. after the All-Ireland. Um, fair play to Marty, though, because he, he kept firing questions at me. If that was anybody else, they'd be like, oh, sorry, Rain, I'm out yeah. here. You know, it, was, it was mental for him to even ask that question because he should have known Brain's, what, what Brain's attitude would have been. He wasn't going to give out. He should have known how contrary he is. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we'll find out later on when Charlie comes out how, how contrary <laughs> Brain is. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're going to fast forward now to 2013. This is in a league final. And there was a sending off. And it happened to involve two of our panellists here. So we'll get a look at that. Exactly what you expect. A real crowd pleaser. <laughs> 
Well, this isn't exactly what you've come to see, but... Right, right, hold on, no, oh. What you don't see is Larry hitting me under the chin before that camera goes down there. So the retaliation was second. But Larry, didn't, Larry was shooting up hit first, so... But you I have was, to understand, JJ, his helmet is harder than your fist, right? I, know, I wasn't really thinking that clearly at that stage. Pulled out with Conor McGregor at that stage, so I was... Brian, that's a sending off, I think, even in your book, right? That was Barry Kelly reffing that. And there was another... Devin Fairness now... Uh, to hit a lad with a helmet on was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You actually couldn't send a lad off for that. I'd feel sorry for my big man. <laughs> but you know what the funny thing about this, because I was reading about this, and JJ is like the angel full back when he went full back. He never got into any messing. Brian Cody's little uh, teacher's pet. Brian Cody was away on heart surgery, so he ran amok fighting on the field. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't around JJ for that game. Martin Ford, he couldn't control me at all, so you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, you got surrounded then. You were actually left on your own after that, so you got a couple of digs in the helmet off JJ, which didn't which hurt you, which obviously. You didn't feel. Then, yeah. then all the Kilkenny cavalry came in, we didn't see it on. There yeah. wasn't too many tip lads in to help you out there. Oh, no, usual thing, surrounded again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I do, but I think Nolan Park lends that, like, you know, the atmosphere down there is, 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 is unreal, you know, so, but I can't remember how it started. You definitely done something first. No, I didn't, I tell you. <laughs> see, you hit me he started off the, the conversation, you didn't see it on camera, so we, we don't seem to see a lot of things, like, you know. <laughs> but that actually, that was 2013, Wooly, was it? Yeah. But I, I was down to ref the Leinster final the same year, but they pulled me out of that game because the two teams had met in the qualifier. Both of them were knocked out with the Leinster and Munster Championship. Yeah. And Pat McEnany rang me. He says, Buddy, you know what Pat goes on, Buddy, I'm taking you out of that game. He says, the Leinster final. I want you down in Nolan Park. He says, this is going to be serious stuff, he says, especially after the league. So after 10 minutes anyway, I actually remember this clearly at Owen. It was, he was going to square up to someone and I went over and I pushed Owen back and he, he sort of got a fright like that. A referee could push someone. And well, you I see, was, when I you was, were a friend at that stage, yeah, you were drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. drinking money. <laughs> minute normal training session. And next thing I turned around and about a minute later and Lara had stuck a ball in the back of the net and the tip crowd went mad. And next thing another minute later and here was Aragon off with the hamstring off to the sideline. You know, and, and that was tip gone. But that game was unbelievable in, in the championship. It was the greatest memory I ever had even ahead of Dahl Ireland's with the, yeah. with the, the game of Dahl Ireland but Ella, I would never forget that qualifier because the two of you had been surprisingly beaten you were beaten by Dublin right and I think uh, Tip were beaten by Limerick and it was like a down year for the two teams and then first out of the qualifier hat I remember I was down in Ken Mayer and I just remember where I was watching it it was a beautiful evening like it wasn't one of your best years but that match is remembered by a lot of people Owen yeah absolutely it was as the lad said the atmosphere down there was electric that night the place was jam-packed um, and, you know, the old enemy coming down to Nolan Park, there's no way we were going to let Tipperary beat us that day. And Brian had stressed that, and in fairness, we, all, we were all saying it all week that Tipperary are coming down in the championship, no way they're going to win, we were going to do that. Even though we weren't going that well at the time, um, it, was, it was probably one of the poorest years we had in a long time, but, like, we just produced that performance, and, um, you know, I suppose after... We went on then to Waterford and went extra time and then got knocked out by Cork. So, like, we were struggling to find form, but we, we, found, we definitely found it that night. Found it that night but, at uh, Just, just anyone to remember that game, Mully, sorry. Like, it was nip and tuck for long periods of that game, but when Henry Shefflin came on, 
with 10 minutes to go. I know they had a, a, the asbestos roof in Nolan Park after <laughs> yeah. and eventually blew yeah. off, but how it didn't come off that night. Like the Kilkenny supporters that night went bananas. I've never seen anything like it. Like yeah. it was just unbelievable. Even the roar before it, because he wasn't yeah. named on the official yeah. things. And All right. Michael Fenley and himself came back then and they were named before it. And, like the roar that went up in, in Nolan Park that night. He was so first come, first serve in, in Nolan Park that day as well. So whenever you get your ticket, lads were going in. Five o'clock, the whole place was packed. There was nothing going on for two hours. Match on at seven. Everyone sitting down at five o'clock. We were going out poking around and the stadium was full. It was, it was eerie. Like, you know, there was yeah. no minor game, no nothing before. So they were in there two hours before, you know, and Saturday evening. It was, it was unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah, it seemed that, definitely seemed that way. Right, we have another incident, right? And this is from the 2011 final. Um, so you're getting sick of each other at this point. There's a few different flashpoints, and Brian, you obviously got involved, and this is what happened. <laughs> We're pushing too many lads, Brian, again. Remember, and he's got a report. Oh, stick <laughs> Just going by, passing him, accidentally touched the referee. Chip on the nose there, um, I think it might have been Chip. You see Tommy Watch, actually. <laughs> Looks like Tommy Watch has hurled through the And that's him. He hit him right don't on the nose. So... Brian, I don't know if that ever happened to you before or after that. Like, I mean, getting one, like, I mean, it was a weird even bat. Yeah. Imagine training with lads and doing that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I, I'll never forget that because it was my first All-Ireland and it was sort of three or four years waiting to get an All-Ireland or hoping to get one. And here was 18 minutes gone and uh, I actually made history. Uh, that Shemazel was on the 20 metre line and it was the first time I was ever down that far in the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was in the separate and before I knew where I was, I was looking at the ground and here was the grass and it was going red and I would, said to myself and next thing I saw this expression on Larry's face and I said I'm in bother here because Larry, you could see Larry actually looking at me yeah. and I'll never forget it. and then Owen Kelly telling me who done it even <laughs> though But <laughs> 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 well, for one sec he was getting the red car ready because he thought I'd tip that don't he? In fact, <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, like, the car's back in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute Brian so old Kelly came over and says Tommy, oh, Tommy, to Tommy and I, I said fuck off Owen I don't know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought my nose was definitely smashed and uh, <laughs> the two doctors came on and, and, and Ty Crowley said to me the Kenny doctor of course the tip doctor wouldn't look at me uh, <laughs> Ty Crowley said, you may come to the line now and get you patched up. He thought, I'd say I was a player, that I could, someone could come on for a blood sub. And I said, Jesus, no way am I. And then Barry Kelly, who often in Westmead have a waffle rivalry, was warming up. So I said, no, I'm staying on here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Jesus, thanks for the God, you didn't go off. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I, uh, the, the, the first aid crew at halftime patched me up properly and look, uh, I survived. I wasn't that bad, actually, but we, we got a bit of mileage over for the next few years, you know. But what, what was it like reffing those games, though? Like, I mean, did you notice a progression of it getting even, like, them getting a bit sick of each other than at, at the start you would have reffed, you know, different games down through, down through the years? Yeah, you, you would have been very aware of... I wouldn't say, like, when people say hatred, I don't think it was a hatred. I think both counties had huge respect for each other, but they wanted to get one up in each other. It was nearly like two brothers fighting in the house the whole time over the land or the farm. You know, who's going to get it? And that, that's what it was like. You know, I think the great respect for each other. But there were just, every time you'd referee a Kilkenny tip game, you'd raise your game 20-30%. And if you didn't, you were gone. And, you know, we saw what happened to poor old Colin McAllister in 2012. Like, it just, the game got away from him. You know, Lara went on everyone that day <laughs> but you can get away from me and you could finish your refereeing career <laughs> 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 
you could finish we're your referee. We're getting to that, yeah, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> <laughs> but look, there were there were savage battles, and uh, the bigger the bigger uh, the game was, the better. I thought I used to be up for it and it's like a player you had to be up for a game or you're in bother you know yeah yeah like I was interested in reading even the match report from that game or even the build up to it uh, JJ Eddie Brennan replaced TJ Reid for that final 2011 2011 yeah, yeah. so I thought that was interesting like Eddie tried and trusted like TJ made his debut in 08 mm. and in 11 he still wasn't trusted isn't it mad when you think yeah. when you look back now and TJ came in first now he, he lit the and trained the field now he was absolutely brilliant he made the ball talk but he wasn't the worker that he is now you know he was there kind of as an individual player and Brian's seen his potential but then he kind of put manners on him for a couple of years he came on in the 2008 finally scored four points I think from playing in a matter of five or six minutes he was just unbelievable but he still was getting the loose ball but he wasn't doing the work and then I'd say he had a chat with Henry going away home to, to Ballyhale and just seeing what Henry what the work Henry was doing and then he kind of the penny slowly dropped he missed a couple of years of his career if, you'd wonder how good he was now if he, if he yeah. copped on a small bit sooner you know the kind of way but you know Eddie came in there just to mar party mar that that day just to kind of stop him in the air park was a huge player for, for Tip that year he was actually phenomenal left he was half full back, back that year, or was no, left, he left half, half back. back yeah and he was a platform for that Tipperary team and Eddie's job was to stop him but he didn't only stop him but he scored and set up Richie Hogan for the last goal and he reeled back the ears and sprinted through the middle and hand passed off to Richie and Richie got the goal in the top corner you know so a brilliant performance out of Eddie that day you know yeah well you you were highly motivated going into that I presume on because you ob they obviously stopped you for the five in a row yeah like a, a lot of talk after the five in a row that was that we were an agent team and we were gone and you know it was all doom and gloom around Kilkenny but like inside the group we had one ambition at the start of the year and that was to beat Tipperary in an All-Ireland final you know and if, if we could get we wanted to win the All-Ireland and if we could get Tip in the final it was perfect so it actually worked out perfect for us um, and I remember going to Carton House in the training weekend a couple of weeks beforehand and we were going through some more tactical stuff as Brian does <laughs> but uh, we, we looked at a few videos and um, the lads nominated Jackie then to, to Mark Lair uh, and try and stop him. So uh, we had a lad on the team, on the panel at the time, John Mulhall. So John Mulhall used to, he'd run everywhere. Like, if he opened up the door there, he'd run out the door. Like. <laughs> so Jackie, he, he was going to be Lair for the training session. <laughs> so Jackie, Jackie ended up marking him then. So the boys just told John Mulhall, just go wherever you want to go. So Jackie ended up just trailing Will Hall around. He didn't hit a ball in the whole match. Just trailing him around. But uh, after on the way home then, Martin Fogarty came over to Jackie and handed him a couple of DVDs of Lair. Um, you know, the plays that Lair does and where he gets involved and where he doesn't get involved. In. Um, but like we had one thing on our mind and that was we were going to avenge 2010. Yeah, you must have felt a lot of pressure going into that game, Lair, did you? Like, I mean, you scored a hat-trick to stop the five in a row. It doesn't get any, any bigger than that. Yeah, I suppose, um, to answer that question a little bit better, going on JJ's first one about the, not the penalty, is that it's like a fine wine, it gets sweeter every year. <laughs> so that's your answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, pardon? <laughs> so the 2011 though even about the pressure like I mean you're obviously you're getting cocky with JJ now because of the penalty so you're yeah, going to I know, brag yeah, about the, no I, I didn't feel um, no like you're talking, are you talking about tip as a team but you I mean, were the individual. marked man now whereas own Kelly used to be but you, yeah. were, you had parachuted yourself now into the man that had to be stopped for tip right yeah but I definitely didn't feel any, any, bit, of, any bit of pressure no um, right so we done it in 2010 then in just saying the Munster Championship I was still getting to score goals 
We came up to Dublin and scored. So I, I didn't really mind. But when Jackie came out that day, it was something different. It was a man-marking job. I often got guys to mark me, but what they might do is they'd follow you as far as midfield. Or if you went in full forward, they wouldn't follow you in full forward because the, fu- the full back would be told, you're not to come out of there. Yeah, yeah. So I used to find out very, very quick on different teams that you go in full forward or your man wouldn't mark you. So then I knew then that's my get-out strategy. <laughs> go in full for two minutes and then disappear somewhere else. But what happened that day is that, Jackie, what you're saying is right, no matter where I went, so I couldn't, I couldn't shake him off. So I, I had to find space first and then think about how you're going to influence the game. But Jackie had his mind made up that he wasn't interested in the ball or the game. It was me that day, which was fine. So I had to try then and say, right, so what can I do to influence the game? There was nothing I could do. And I was frustrated after the game that I couldn't think of anything or I didn't see it coming. Um, so... To follow on then, the following year, I gave a good few months thinking about it. How are we going to change it? And if we did meet him again, do I do the same thing again and get the same result? So, so yeah, well, that leads us into the fourth yeah. one and our last one, and that's the 2012 semi-final where you and Tommy Walsh had that. You can right. take it up from there then. Yeah, so um, I, I, I'll answer the, the question again and again. This is my ninth, no, this is my seventh year in a row. It was in 2012. This is seven years in a row. I'm answering the same question. So I wonder, could we really have, like, or let's play back to other tapes, but I can't keep repeating it. But I'll give it a go anyway. So what we... Because <laughs> he tells this one lovely. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll take well, out... in a I'll, pint, I'll, I'll, take out, I'll take out the script. <laughs> so we had to change up, we had to change up something. So, um, yeah, I was the fall guy that day, right? That's fair enough. So we're all agreed on that because that's what I seem to be getting since then. That's fine. <laughs> So I'm the fall guy, so I take 100 responsibility. Larry, do you want to sit back now like this? <laughs> I, I, I take 100% responsibility. We went up a pint, we, we were pint up going in a half time. Yeah. That's what's forgotten, you know. Everyone yeah. is happy. Yeah. The management, the players, everyone is happy. We were pint up at half time of the system that we're doing. In the space of 35 minutes hurling, everyone in Ireland has a problem. <laughs> no one had any problem at half time up by a pint. So now we came out, we got bit by, was it 18 pints? Well, now, people at halftime would have thought it was unusual, but, like, they weren't, they, we weren't, weren't getting we, slated. We were a pint up at halftime, everyone's happy. Not one person came to me or anyone around me and said, hey, would you change what we're doing? Right. So everyone is ha- so would you, would you, I take that as that people are happy. Then everyone had a problem. <laughs> everyone, everyone had a problem then after the game, so the difference of 18 pints, and I would think that it would be unfair for one guy to take responsibility for an 18-pint turnaround. Yeah. Work it out yourselves after that. Yeah. Thing. So is it... With, uh, <laughs> No, and I think that's fair, because it's not like it wasn't working in the first half, or not that that and was we didn't working. Do it all, we didn't do it all the game. We knew that the game was going away from us there in the second half as well. And I'll just give you another scenario for this Sunday, just follow it on. So we'll just say, it's probably looking like that Brendan Maher will mark T.J. Reid. T.J. Reid knows he's out, it's, it's coming, because Wexford done it, he knows it's coming. Parik Maher is probably more likely going to mind the edge of the D, right, as regards, he's going to be a centre-back, but he might be pushing back a bit. Looking maybe might be a spare man, right? That's where Tip might play. So will TJ come in on top of Parik and will Brendan follow him? Now you have two Tip men in one area. Does it leave space for someone else? So we thought that day we might leave space for someone else in 2012 semi-final. And Pair Burke was going to be, end up being kind of spare. He, he went in a half-time and he had 1-2 got a half-time or 1-1 one, one from play, something like that. Off so, Walsh? Pardon? Off Tommy? Off Tommy, yeah. He had a goal from play. And he had a pint, and that too. I think he had. I think it's either one one or one two that he had. A, so it was working as regards to get pay on the ball. Did it work overall? Well, you know the scoreline would would say different. Would say different. But that that's interesting. Then that my my gripe with it is why did they have to use you? Like I mean, you were their 
talisman at that stage? Why could someone else not right, have so double? You were trying to make space for yourself. I was trying to make space. So we had to say, like, so Jackie was going to come in at the same thing, that he was going to man-mark me no matter where I went. So I had to try and think there, where can we bring then to make Jackie think? And yeah. at that, at, in, in that game, and the next time we were talking to Tommy Welsh, he looked out to Brian Cody twice and asked him what to do. And Brian, Tommy went like that, and Brian actually went like that back to him. <laughs> and, you can, and the next time you have Tommy, you can ask him that. That's what so the boys weren't too sure what was going to happen. <coughs> Tommy was out after getting a yellow card. Ja- Jackie was trying to tell him, look, you have to calm down, now relax here, now we'll figure it out. So they did figure it out in the second half, but of course it worked. <laughs> what was said at halftime then, Owen? I'll, I'll go to you. Like, I mean, this must have dominated the halftime team talk. Well, it didn't really because we used to kind of, we used to go in at halftime and we'd get a drop of water and bring the lads to go in and have a chat and maybe the backs might get together and the forwards would get together and see what was working, what wasn't working. So, like, I suppose JJ would probably be, yeah. be better to say did it, did it, get together. And I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only missing, I'm only missing. That was said in the dressing room. Keep going to where we're going, lads, we're flying. <laughs> JJ, what was, said, what was said, though, like, you had to have, you had I didn't to discuss know. this. I didn't know, honestly, didn't know what was going on until the second half when we were down the back corner, the ball was at this end of the field, and the crowd on this corner here was roaring, roaring, roaring. So I looked around what was going on, and then I seen the four ways in the corner. So this did not come I up had in half, what was going on until I seen that. time. That Larry well, was... if it was, I wasn't there now to, to hear what they were Where saying. Were <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know at the second half what was going on, to be honest with you. Right. But then after, then obviously you look back and it makes sense there, but at the time, yeah. I was and too busy it... focused on, on the ball. I wasn't involved in that. Focus on the ball. You never <laughs> focus on the ball in your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, <written> oh. that, <laughs> well, I was in Crow Park <laughs> But it's interesting with the man markers thing then, Owen, because, like, I mean, it doesn't often happen in hurling, and sometimes you wonder, like, Austin Gleeson recently has been man marked and he can't get into the game. Tony Kelly's been man marked, he can't. When it happens, they can't get into the game. But why does it so rarely happen that lads are met? Like, imagine Lar, that being the first time Lar was ever properly followed wherever yeah. he went. See, see, the problem with man-marking is it's only really done for, you know, the top forwards, say, TJ, Henry, Lair. You know, you don't want to leave space anywhere else for the other forwards again because they're probably not as good, but they're, you know, top of their game as well. So you don't want to leave space in your back line to, to lay in a couple of goals or whatever early on in the game. So it's really only... if. There's really, really dangerous players that, you know, in the blink of an eye they can get a goal, that they're man-marked. And obviously Lara was one of them. Like, he was after scoring a bag of goals in, in the Munster final against Waterford that year. And, and again, the semi-final, I think, as well, he got a couple. So, like, why would you not mark, man-mark yeah. a lad like that? Yeah. I know what you're saying. It's not done too often. But, you see, hurling is a, is, it's a difficult game to bring tactics into if you're, you know what, you're going to leave space somewhere else if you bring another tactic into it. So th- I think that's the reason it's not brought into it. It's very hard for a more. back to be very, very disciplined in the ball is there and your man is here. Your instinct is go for the ball, yeah. but you have to go over here, you know what I mean? A lot but of players in your county, well, like, you know what I mean? They're going to back their own ability yeah. to hurl ball and man. But you've always said, you kill Kenny backs always covered for each other, so you're going yeah. against that instinct of yeah. helping someone out. You're kind of leaving the other five to it, and I'll, my man is over here, my man's not scoring. As a back, as a group of backs, you're, they're six against six, you're not one against one. Like. So you're going against the grain, doing it that way, but as long as the other five backs buy into yeah, fast, fair enough, you can't just man mark three of their forwards. Right? You have to pick one. And obviously, as the one was saying, the best one was always man marked, and obviously Lark's never got man marked. <laughs> Absol- absolutely not. 
it was a fair list with Henry, right? Henry so, T. Is there anybody who can keep up with a wheelchair? Like? <laughs> but just on the, on the man-marking thing, like as JJ said, it takes, like, it takes a special kind of a person to be able to do that. And like, just to name one, Eamon she man-marked TJ Reid in the county final in Kilkenny in 2011. And I watched it back several times after, right? He was told, Niall Rigney was over us at the time, and he was told, wherever TJ goes, he said, you just go with him, just stay on him. And TJ actually ran over a ball that day, and Eamon she ran over the ball and ran into TJ. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just to get it in your head, just to forget about the ball and just mind your man. Yeah, no, it is. It's a weird one. Right, lads, listen, we're going to finish up with predictions. Brian, I'm, I'm, uh, we have to talk about the match at some point. So let's start with you. Uh, look, I suppose I'm like everyone in, in Ireland that I think Kilkenny being an Ireland final, not a hope, no, to be honest with you. Uh, when you look at the lads on the couch and the players they had back in 2009, 8, 10, like, I don't think the Kilkenny team at the present day would live with them. In saying that, to have the Brian Cody spirit, which is never said I uh, have Tipperary the better hurlers, definitely, I think, will it get them over the line? It'll be very, very close. Uh, when you meet two teams, one skillful and Liam Sheedy won't let them fall into the trap, Limerick fell into, they'll be up for the game. I, I'm going to give Tip maybe a pint or two. <laughs> That's put because him under, of enough Galway. He put him under so much pressure here. He had to say that. <laughs> that's, already, he, that's his Christmas character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll go to you next. What do you think is going to um, happen? I think it's going to be a very tight affair. Like like Brian, I didn't expect Tipperary to be in it, nor did I expect Kilkenny to be in it at the start of the year. Um, I think it'll be very tight. But I think if Parik Welsh can kind of mind the house in front of Seamus Callan and kind of stop his goal threat, I think Kilkenny might just edge up by a couple of points. Okay, Lair, what about you? Well, it's um, Liam Sheedy and Brian Cody. It's one all in All-Ireland Finals, so it's going to be 2-1 after Sunday to tip. And the reason why is that I think Liam is going to get his match-up a little bit better than Brian on Sunday. And I think it's going to come down to a small bit of brilliance, either it's just a Shamie Callan or a Colin Fennelly goal chance. And I think it's going to be kind of maybe a lack of concentration from maybe a Kilkenny back, but I think it's going to... <laughs> so it's tip... It, a tape win, but I'm looking forward to seeing Shamey, TJ and Colin, the boys just say, because they're in the top of their form at the minute, looking forward to just say Sunday straight, the matchups, just that the referee is just say, throwing in the ball, just say the matchups and the line-up straight away is yeah. going to be very interesting. No, it definitely will. We'll finish with our senior analyst here on the GEA, or JJ. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating game. I'm looking forward to the two Have teams. Have a guess what he's going to say? <laughs> two teams are bringing the best of each other as well, you know, um, but Kilkenny are going to win by two or three points. <laughs> <laughs> And you'll take any type of penalty, right? <laughs> any type of penalty. Same, same again, it'll be perfect. <laughs> it'll keep him going for another 10 years. Though, and, and Brian is going to give James Owens a call now later on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, give it up for panel one. Brian, Frank Gavin, JJ Delaney, Lara Corbett and Owen Larkin. Welcome back to Liberty Hall. Are you ready for panel two? Please give it up for Paddy Power Ambassador Dermot O'Sullivan, Charlie Carter and Derek McGrath. Whatever you want, Rock. Come on, Charlie. <laughs> Jesus, Rock, Rock, you're very popular with Tip and Kilkenny. Who would have known? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Before we start, Derek, I have to say, there's a ban on you mentioning RT pundits or sweepers, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So I want to start off talking about Brian Cody, lads, and it's not just because you're here, Charlie, but, um, like, I mean, a lot of people would say, and I'll start with you, Derek, that if Kilkenny win the All-Ireland on Sunday, it'll be his greatest achievement. And, like, considering where they were two years ago, maybe you're after the 16 final, you, you tend to agree with that. Uh, not really. Um, uh, well, I don't think he'd agree with it because he just lives in the kind of moment. I'm not sure. I, I, I was looking at it there the other day. I think there's 40 All-Ireland medalists, I think, in the 15 that'll probably start with Kenny If Killian Buckley starts, I'm not sure he starts, but even in the forward line, I think there's 21 All-Ireland medals between four to six forwards. So I would argue that the cohort of the team is actually still there since 2014, you know, semi-final against Limerick, if you like. So I think it'd be a massive achievement in that the outside perception is that it's a new team. But if you have a forward line with Colin Fenley, TJ Reid, Walter Walsh, uh, Young Hurler of the Year, probably in Adrian Mullen, Richie, and Hogan. Dan, Richie Hogan, you have a serious amount of experience. So probably going along with the fact that I think we've been duped a small bit by, by you know, the, the inherent ability of Kilkenny people to play it down. You know what I mean? To be able to say, ah, we've nothing coming through. We've, you know, you know, <laughs> you know the conveyor belt is dried up. You know, <laughs> you know. Now maybe it's just because you live across the bridge and you're you're listening to it, but they're serious hurlers. You know. So I think, look, I I'd be a massive fan of Brian Cody. I've always been um, brilliant. Us even in school at schools level came down to us in '07 and '08 ahead of the Hearty Cup finals and All Ireland Colleges final. Just a brilliant, brilliant man. But I think there's a team that are capable of winning it, you know, so, and that's not taken away from his influence, you know. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute, because, Charlie, obviously you had your run-ins with Cody, you know. Like, I mean, um, it's well documented now, without going too much into it, you dropped off the panel. You didn't think he was giving you a fair crack at a whip, and I would 100% agree with that. I think a lot of people would. Um, anyone that was a Charlie Carter fan would agree with that, which I was back at the time. But looking back on it, after what happened, he was ruthless with Henry Shefflin. He was ruthless with Tommy Walsh. He's been ruthless with... Like, when you look back on it now, do you feel as bad about how he treated you? Like, he, he, was, he was moving you on, let's be honest. <laughs> he was, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, he probably won DJ as captain as well, just saying, let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> and... and uh, <laughs> the, ten, the ten points in a Monday night didn't help. No. And look, he, he, he obviously lost faith in me. And uh, even though I was hurling well at the time, he... Uh, he, obviously, we played uh, Dublin in Nolan Park in, in June, and you know, I was captain the same day. It was the first uh, championship match in Nolan Park, and uh, he pawned five subs, and uh, I wasn't obviously in his plans. And I had hurled well in the league final. I came on the league final, did yeah. well. It was I lifted a ten-goal ten thriller on the bank holiday Monday in May, and we had a challenge match against Galway in between, and it did reasonably well. So, look at it. I always said if I wasn't enjoying the seven miles in and the seven miles out, it was, it was always time to get out. So, look at it. I made my decision. I, I, obviously, once you make a decision, you have to, you have to back it, and look, life goes on. Uh, it was either me or Brian to go, and Brian definitely wants to go. On. <laughs> You'd be waiting a long time to say, well, I'll wait till he goes and another lad will come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look at it, he has, he's, he has remained kind of distant from the players since, uh, and even before that year, but he, you know, that's the way he, he manages, he, he does things his way. And it's either his way or the highway. And yeah. There's loads of Kikini players over the years that would have uh, felt hard done by and maybe just didn't come out in the same way I came out. But uh, 
uh, and even some of the greats, uh, you know, but you'd have to look at it. I, I don't have to like him, but I, I would admire him. Jesus, he, yeah. he's after bringing some amount of All-Irelands to Kenny, living All-Irelands, you know, since, since he came in in 99, and, you know, he's, he's, he's after doing a great job. And look, at I, I would agree, he's had to put in about five teams through his hands in, 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 you know, I know there's some players that have overlapped, and that'll always happen, but he's after revigorating the team several times, and, you know, we didn't see... Uh, aspirations weren't high, expectations weren't high in Kikini to start the year with this bunch, Pure, purely because the, of their inexperience. You had a Hugh Lawler coming, we, we had a full back, we were trying to full, find a full back. We got Conor Delaney, seemed to go well, Mark Shemi Callan in a, in a league match and did very well in him. And then Conor got injured and he went to Hugh Lawler. So that was a big one to find, and, and Hugh was after doing very well. And it's not an easy place to play, full back is probably, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> Not easy, but you have to be a specialised. You know, you just do your job and let your man bust all around you. No, no, no. How many, how many Kilkenny lads did you swat aside like flies that day in Crow Park? DJ was one of them anyways. Was he? Comerford was the other rock, it was wasn't it? It was Eddie, Not, uh, DJ, John Hine. John Hine, was it? it wasn't Not half enough because they still ended up winning, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget the poor Limerick lad. Uh, that oh, yeah, well, we know all about him. Eyes. We know all about him. <laughs> Who was that? Who did you hit that? I don't know. Never look. But in a, in a weird way, they don't make them like they used to really, lads, do they? <laughs> in, in a weird way, Rock, the Brian Cody's management style, where it's authoritarian, it's standoffish, he's not too much into molly coddling or man management, it shouldn't really work in the, man, in the modern game. You know, like we all hear about players are different now and you have to treat them differently, but it works for Cody. And I suppose he has just such an aura built up now that it, it, players just want to impress him. Is that how it works? He seems to be able to find a happy medium between the good cop, bad cop, and I suppose finding that balance is key because, you know, the modern-day player from when he first took over was that, you know, there's a fair change in attitude, there's a fair change in culture, a fair change in lifestyle. So not only have players adapted over the last number of years, I think Cody has really adapted and his management style has changed from time to time, from the rootlessness to cutting, cutting this, but I'd have got rid of him too for what it was worth by the... <laughs> you can't drink 10 points on a Monday night and go train on Tuesday at that stage anymore, right? So the thing had to move on. <laughs> so it had moved on, Charlie, but you didn't. Sorry, but... <laughs> so we're getting he, to the bottom of it now, Rock. No, we're are getting we? there. So th there was that fine balance, and he's continued to find it. But just just a quick story on him from a personal point of view. We were down in Buenos Aires on an All Star tour in two thousand, and uh, in the Kilkenny, this the we yeah. know the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were like, don't get me wrong, right? It was an All Star tour, but we were having a few points. The crack was great, but. The game was taking place anyway on the Saturday, you know, so we'd, we landed on the Wednesday, right? So you can imagine the heat when his area is now, lads in the beer, things were going great, great crack. The match came three o'clock on the Saturday. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, Cody happened to be manager of our, of our team, right? So he's on Broderick from Galway. After three days in the beer, you know, this fella, half my size in the, middle of the, in the middle of the winter, right? I was giving him a few pounds at that stage. <laughs> yeah. He had, he had the speed advantage of me, right? And so I was kind of struggling, let's call it a spade a spade. So Cody calls me to the ceiling after all 15 minutes. He said, what are you doing? He said. She said, I said, Brian, I do my best. He said, think about this now. He said, in six months' time, he said, you could be facing him again. He said, are you going to leave him walk all over? He said, like that for the next half an hour, he said. That was in the last afternoon by Nazareth, Cork Kilkenny. And that said to me, you know, that, that, that stood out to me, you know, in my head. He's right. So the, 
I just I held them, I dragged them, I kicked them, I did everything, <laughs> but leave them go. <laughs> you know, but that, that, that'll just tell you. You know, that, 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 was, yeah. his, that was his psyche, that was, that, that, that was his way of thinking. Yeah, that, that's, that's crazy, Derek, isn't it? Just the psyche of a bit of crack like that, but he's, that's not how Brian Cody's thinking. Yeah, you'd be kind of just learning. I, I don't know, everything we obviously did is wrong then, you know, in terms of... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, then you're kind of just, you're judged on that, I suppose. But yeah, he's, he's... But I think there's compassion there as well that we don't see, you know. I think, you know, just even the language of how he used talking to Jackie Tyrrell when he was going to pick up Lard, or, you know, how would you feel about picking up Lard Corbett? You know, I think there's, there's more compassion, but we just actually don't see... I think he's able to change according to the situation that's in front of him, but we don't we don't see that if you like, and you know. But so I think, yeah, he's authoritative and almost dictatorial to the outside. But I, I'd like to think, you know, maybe that there's a kind of a, a compassionate side to him as yeah. well. You know, I don't well, know. somebody, if he wasn't trained uh, Kilkenny Hurling team, he'd be as happy trained the, the village under thirteen team. Yeah, that's just the way he is. He just li- lives, breathes hurling. Yeah. David Herity said in his book, he said, Brian wouldn't be the most forthcoming conversations when it comes to players. You know, that's what we hear. Henry Shefflin, who he came on as a sub against Galway in a Leinster semi-final, thought he did well and then didn't get any game time or didn't get starting in the final. He said, Brian didn't talk to me for the next week. This is after the game he came on. This is in his book. Brian didn't talk to me over the next week, which I found disappointing. He has a rootless streak. He has all those characteristics that I found really difficult to deal with in my last year. His greatness as a manager comes from an ability to always create the right environment. He had tough calls to make with me, and at the end, I can see now that he would, it would have been a betrayal of everything he stood for if he didn't stick to them. Isn't that gas? Like, I mean, he just, he won't... He won't bend for anyone, you I suppose, knew, Charlie. You knew very clearly if he wasn't talking to you, you were in trouble. You weren't going to get game time. <laughs> that was it. It was a giveaway to us. You know, if you weren't, That's it. Yeah, that was it. Right. And, and you ask any of the players if you weren't getting the chat in the ear before a game, a week before a tour, you probably weren't playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it was a culture shock for Henry not getting the, or getting the silent treatment. But what, what about Liam Sheedy then, um, The Rock? Have you had any dealings with him? He see, he, from what you hear, he's a more hands-on man management, one of the lads, but there's a line you don't cross type of manager. Yeah, again, it, I suppose it's similar to, to Cody Woolley. He, ha, he, has, a fo- he has, has found a balance. It was probably a big, a big risk to take coming back in because obviously Tipperary results over the, pa- the past number of years haven't been to the Tipperary standard, right? So he was putting his reputation on the line, but obviously he, he knew going back in there that, okay, I'll embrace the change, I'll embrace culture, I'll embrace the lads, but yes, I'll still have my own stamp in it. He was very shrewd and clever in the guys he brought with him. So not only did he go in, but to bring the lads he brought with him, and especially get Naaman O'Shea back in, there was a master stroke. So he's married a, a very good group of players, obviously, with, with a marvellous backroom team. So, you know, shrewd. He's very, very shrewd. Yeah. There's no doubt, there's no doubt. Richie Power was saying, let's talk about the match, because Richie Power said, and this, I think a lot of people are kind of in agreement, maybe not uh, pundits, but a lot of people you talk to, if it's high scoring an open game with a lot of goals, I'd be very worried for Kilkenny, because of what, a, what Tip did to us in 2016, and that's what they'll try again. They'll try to isolate our full back line, and if they get on top in the half back line and start spraying ball to their full forward line, Kilkenny could be in serious bother. Is what Derek, like, can Kilkenny beat Tip in a shootout, or... Do they have to keep it a lot tighter than that? No, I think they, the the Richie's right. I think, but I think, I think they won't like they won't allow what happened in 2016 happen again. You know, so if two of the full backing that were there, the last <coughs> Paul Murphy and Joey Holden were two of them still there, yeah, left completely 
Isolated. Only the seven All Ireland medals between the, se- the two of them. Um, <laughs> um, but but um, I think if you're if you're them, there's there's an inherent pride in Holden and, and Murphy, like they're like they're really really admirable characters from afar. Without knowing them, you kind of say just have to stuff in them, you know, stuff in them. So if you're in that camp during the week, you're kind of saying no matter what happens. We're not going to leave more than 20 yard space between Conor Fogarty, Porrig Welsh, and Paddy Deegan. Something like they did against, against Limerick, if you like. And I think yeah. that's where the intriguing thing for me, how Tip are going to get around that cord. And that's what they did against Limerick, uh, Kilkenny. And they learned, I suppose, from the first 20 minutes against Cork. I was watching it from behind the goal, and I'm saying to myself, Jesus, there's acres of space here for Horgan and, and Cadigan. They're going to go to town as the game goes on. Next minute, Conor Fogarty sits back, uh, Porrig Welsh comes back on Cadigan, Joey Holden almost sits back. And they're half hour and come out into the kind of middle third, like, like we all know they've done for, for years, you know, for years. Do you years. think Fogarty did that off his own back or he got an instruction to do it? Or do you think he just has enough intelligence to go, Jesus, I must hang back here? I think he did, if I'm, without taking from Brian's, but going with everything we know about Brian, it was almost kind of, and, and that's the skill as well. We didn't talk about that where, because he's so, you know, stand backish, if you like, that the empowering of the players then to kind of make the decisions on the pitch can become a more powerful source of of help, if you like. So I say Fogarty, I think Fogarty was on Luke Mead at the time, and he's probably saying to himself, well, Luke Mead is not going to damage me with five or six points. I'm, I'm the one that can afford to sit back here, and he's John Donnelly coming back from right half forward into that area then, and it just completely just, they squeeze the life as, as they have done to teams since, you know, go back to... Go back going, to 2006. The 2006 you know. final, where, where, where Don Logue looked down the field and all he can see is stripes. So I think, I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be, I think it'll be high scoring, but I, I, I think... Holden and, and Paul Murphy and Hugh Lawler will, will hold their own, which is more intriguing from a Tipperary point of view. If it's drying up going into Callan, if it's drying up going into John McGrath, will they have to relocate them at, at different times of the, of the games, which will be the most interesting thing for me. Yeah, what were you going to say there, Rock? No, just go, just go back to Eric's point in 2006. Like that, that's, you know, it's this, whole, this whole myth of Kilkenny don't do tactics, right? They do it in a very clever way. Like even go back to the Cork, take their two their, their previous two games, the semi final and quarter final, right? Came under pressure against Cork. All of a sudden, right, they allowed Cork to take the sharp puck out, they set their wall, they set their banks back along, they the half hour then drop one out. Joy Holden always found himself free just in front of UE Lawler, right, for the second half of the Cork game. Same. Just just concede the puck out, set our wall up. No no beat no break the wall if you can. Be brave enough to break the wall if you can. Find your pockets of space you were having. It's it, you know, Theoretically, it's fine. We can talk about all the long, but having the players to having the players to actually do it and go about the business in the right way, it's a huge help to Cody as well. Yeah, in in 2016, Charlie, it's like I'm I'm sure Cody gets some criticism in Kilkenny because like the way he 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 left his full back line out to dry that day for a full game was unusual, right? So Tipperary full forward line, Callan got 13, uh, seven from play. Joe or John or Bubbles got one five, one three from play, and John McGrath got one three from play. Like I mean, they went to town they for did, a full yeah, game. Yeah. You know that, that can't. Ha- like he has learned from. You think he learned from that, but then you see the Cork game where Horgan and Cadigan were going to town. And it's like you know that was two years on. Yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll look at the 2016. Three already. years on. Yeah, it's only three years ago. So look at for old Joey Holland got hung out to dry the same day and, and took a lot of flackford. Yeah, and and fairness to Joey, he's after bouncing back and, and it's having a great year. And um, look, we'd have to give a, a bit of respect to Shamie Callan. He, he's a goal getter, and, and he's kind of a guy. If he gets his gander up, he, he, he'll absolutely destroy you. But if you cut the ball out to him and, and frustrate him for the first fifteen or twenty minutes, you'd, you'd have a chance. But in fairness to, uh, to, to Shamie, he he doesn't panic. You know, he's an experienced guy, and he'll wait and wait and wait. But um, we have to 
treat the, give them a bit of respect and, and give the boys a bit of cover in the full back line. That's the, that's the cover. And, like, I mean, the big bad wolf word is the sweeper, um, Derek. And it seems to be... <laughs> well, <laughs> taxi. The long and short of it is, like, if we'd had to go with a sweeper that day... Yeah. Knows what would well, like, I mean, okay, there's a sweeper as your centre back, and then there's a sweeper bringing back a forward. And the forward coming back gets all the bad press, but the sweeper as a centre back gets a free pass. But they'll have to use their centre back as a sweeper, Derek. Is that fair to say? He'll have to. And they have done for 20 years. Yeah, a long time. You, you know, it, it, we um, don't call it a sweeper, just it, call it a lad dropping back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 we, we don't like the word sweeper <laughs> And in fine print, definitely not a sweeper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think they will. I think Porrig Welch will, will, will sit back. And I think the value of having Porrig Welch on the ball for Kilkenny is huge. Now, the interesting thing from that point of view then is, will Tip locate a score? Will they put bubbles? Instead of Dan McCormick lying in on Porrig Welch, Noel will, they put, McGrath, yeah. will they put Noel McGrath even free up? I, I, I think Conor Brown is going to follow Noel McGrath around all day. Like, I think you know, he, the evidence is there. He, he, he went with Dara Fitzgibbon and he went with, he went with Keane Lynch the last day. They did a really good kind of job without people seen and kind of you know in terms of what he was yeah. doing very effective job so if Noel has been held in the middle of the field will we see him at centre forward or and, and therefore Porig then might be tempted out of, of the hole if you like so that that's interesting but I think Porig I think Porig Welsh will drop back I think if, if Conor Fogarty is on one of the not the assassins as I call him in Tipperary you know maybe if he's on Niall O'Mara or Dan McCormick yeah. he might say to himself I can I can tuck from the wing back as well as a, and if, I, if I'm not on bubbles John McGrath Shamey or 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 um, uh, I'm missing Jason Ford, fellas that can kill you if you like. Um, I think Fogarty might tuck from there as well. But that they will definitely be as defensive as they always have been, and, and so will Tip, I think. Yeah, you can see you can see someone sitting back a little bit in front of uh, Colin Finley as well. He's on oh, yeah, fire. They'll as well, have so. to as well on both sides. They'll both, so yeah. They'll be more tactical than you know than it has been three years ago. Things have moved on and. Teams are moving on with it, like you know. Yeah, the game has moved on in those three oh, years, Rock. Yeah. Like I mean, are you like oh, yeah. the style of play? The ball isn't in every game now. The ball isn't given away as e- easily as it used to be. No, so but, your but, big clearances would be gone now. Oh, gone. Oh, absolutely outdated. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. Primary possession is key. You know, your puck out strategy is key. There's so, there's so many key factors. But like, just go back to Kilkenny for a second. When you've Walter Welch and John. John and John moving back to field, right? Two of them coming back, they're 45, 50 yards from the wrong goal. They're, 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 they're making a compact, they're compressing. So then when Kilkenny turn over the ball, who are they looking for? The out ball or the two boys straight away. Get the ball to Walter, to John and the wings. They're playing through them. So it's, it's not just one. They have, they have the two boys working back. Their, their midfielders being pushed in. The boys are taking the wider space. It's just compacting the whole thing. The minute they turn over the ball, they can transition it very quickly. And the key thing is when they look up the field, you have four forwards then, so you have plenty of space and crop hard to put. If you can't find a man, you can put the ball into space and the guys know order. It's, look, you, you, you can talk about it. We, we, we've all seen the way the game has changed, right? Players have changed, the, 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 the physical fitness, whatever, the hurling, the speed, the, the, even the weight of the ball has been discussed now. Should it be changed? Shouldn't it be changed? Look, there, there's so many, so many variables to this thing at this stage you could talk about. It. And that's, that's the, the wonderful thing about the game. We could talk about it for hours and hours and hours, and we never get bored. Yeah, you know. Do you, Charlie, do you think you'll see a surprise from either team? Like, will 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 something come from left field, or do you think that's to, to play now on the day? Yeah, uh, word hasn't again. The James Maris horse was we hurling very well, so who right. knows? He could be one. Like, look at Cody, has done it before. He did it with Walter in 2012 in the in the replay again. Galway and ended up getting man the match. And but going back to to Brian and tactics, like we would. If if, you, if if someone if McGarry had to hit a sharp puck out, 
back in my time, I say Brian have a canary on the side. There. <laughs> but now you see Owen, Owen Murphy and he pinging balls, and he, yeah. you know I mean, the, he's given them a license to make up his own mind uh, at what play should happen at a certain time, I'd imagine. But he definitely has changed a little bit, you know. How has that gone down in Kilkenny, as a matter of interest? Oh, you got you, We had to move with it, I suppose, you know. If you're sitting in the defence sitting back, uh, there's no point pumping long balls. Uh, now, and we have good ball winners in, in, in Walter, but you've got to mix it up a bit. And he has uh, conceded and, and, and gone with, with the short one as well. And yeah. What, what, well. Go on, what, what about the matchups on the tip side then? Do you think see James Barry coming back, uh, Derek? There's some talk of that for Fenley, because yeah. obviously he'd have the, the, yeah. the strength for him. Yeah, and because their, their selection was probably based on the fact that they knew they'd have an extra defender against, um, against Wexford, you know, play, playing Seamus Kennedy and playing Barry Heffern. Um, I'm in between and I'm not really sure yet because I'm, if, if, as Lara said, I heard him saying that Rowan Amar might go to fullback on, on Colin Finley. And then if, if, if TJ is picked by Brendan Amar, knowing Cody, will, will TJ then find himself in the corner for a while, bringing Brendan Amar in the corner back? And then you're without two of the Mars in the, in the half back line. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have two of the Mars, Ronan and TJ, or Ronan and, 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 and Brendan inside the full back line. And you're left with a half back line, possibly then Barry Heffern, and Seamus Kendi and, and Porrick. So I, I think they'll always leave two of the three Mars in, in, in the half-back line, and they might hand over TJ even between, sent between the half-back line and full-back full line if he goes to full-back line. So the other interesting one is Seamus Kennedy was trialled, I suppose, at, at full-back last year in a couple of matches with Michael Ryan. Do you know, do they go in a, in a, in a match-up there with Colin Fenley, or do they take, in, uh, take back James, James Barry into the team? I'm not sure. I, I, it's hard to answer the question. I'd be in between on that, what they should do. Um, but I think they still, they, they have, I'd say, looking at O'Shea's psyche even, I remember just reading a small bit about him where a few years ago he was talking to some player and he said, Jesus, we compromised our principles today. We, we kind of, we went defensive and he was all attack, 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 no matter what. And we'll go at him and we'll go at their pillars, he said in one of the lads' books. He said, we'll go at the pillars and we'll go at them all day long. So there's a feeling that if you take the Mars away from the half-back line, that Tip are missing some bit of their identity in terms of what they're going to bring to the game Sunday. So I, I have a feeling they're going to trust more than, than we think. You know, and I, if the matchup materialises between TJ and Brendan Maher at centre-back and centre-forward, I think you might see Porig just tucking in from left half-back to mind whoever's with Fenley. Will he be on what? He'll be on, he'll take on Walter, one. yeah, but he might say to himself, listen, Walter's going to get three points, I, I'm willing, TJ might do more damage. And that money just trying to put yourself on, yeah. on, 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 on the heads of the other lads, you know. It's an interesting one, Charlie, isn't it? The match-ups on both sides. Yeah, look, at Walter, and, and, you mean, if that happens, Walter will be inclined to go, go looking for ball. And, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll become the man, to, the go-to man. No better man than Walter, go down that right wing and slough one over, you know. But you know, no one wants to give away goals. It's just ghastly, you know. It's a, it's a big, big point in the game if you give away a goal, <laughs> you know. So, you know, Tejas the last day, scored nothing from play. Worked his socks off for his team. I, I, it was probably as good a game as I ever seen him from start to finish. And uh, you know his work rate was savage. And, and, and you know, what I mean, Kilkenny to win will have to play like they played in the first half against Limerick for the full seventy minutes. Um, you know, if, if if it opens up a bit, Tipperary forwards are every one of them are. You know, they'll, they'll punish you. It's just. Yeah. The, uh, but look, Kenny will be trying to keep it as tight and turn it into a battle as much as it can, you know? That's the thing. One thing, uh, Rock, with you, you guys in Cork, you kind of showed up Tipperary a little bit for a lack of pace. You know, you ran them all over the place, the half-back line, and that was an All-Ireland winning half-back line. And Kilkenny don't have the pace up front to expose the Mars. You know, per, you know, per, uh, you know, lack of pace, you know, the perception of a lack yeah, of pace. Yeah, it's a perception of lack of pace, to be honest with you, but... 
you know, like what what the Mahars are doing, right? So their their mentality is be Brendan Parag or Ronan, right? Woolly there is I mark a woolly tail. Woolly thinks I'm slow, right? So this their this their psyche, right? So he's thinking, once the cornerback gets the ball up at the other side of the field, where are they going to hit it? They're going to hit it to my outside, or they're going to hit it down my wing. So they're doing their homework while the ball's at the other end of the field, right? They're putting themselves in the strongest position. They're touch-tight, or they're that step in front, right? You look at them, they're very rarely playing from behind. They're always level or in front. They're, they're expecting or anticipating every ball is going to be playing down to them. They're using their heads. Like, sometimes, you, you know, okay, it's great to have speed and it's great to have legs, but... You know, you have to box clever as well, and these guys are constantly boxing clever, and they're always in the right position. You'll never, very, very rarely, you'll see them caught out of position. They'll always be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it's actually interesting with Nash's puckouts caught them <clears throat> rotten that day because yeah. they were following their men. Where well, I think since that day now they're almost going zonal, where they're letting them off, and someone else picks up. That, Nash's puckouts don't work as well now. They don't do work they? as well because the boys stayed in their own. They looked after their own territory, the zone. Mark, you just spoke about. They were willing to sacrifice runners, leave them go and leave. Once they left their zone, another guy coming in, that was their responsibility. Yeah. It did. It was the, um, you know, it was the same for it. Yeah, the, the Corkin and uh, who else did they do it to? Kilkenny. Galway did it the to the Galway league, league, final, well, yeah. Yeah. league final, same thing. Yeah, exactly. So when you're Cork manager next year, you'll have to all work out. <laughs> 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 Okay, I won't say any more on that. Um, after getting the rock evil eyes there. Uh, <laughs> who's to get called for a few years? Who's going to win it then? Uh, Derek, we'll start with you. Um, I think Tip will win. Sorry, no, but uh, um, just I, 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 actually, I actually think um, I think Tip will win be, because I think they have a bit of an edge motivationally as well. I think the general perception. You know, even how Sheedy might use this is that that if you get in Tipperary's faces like that, that they're kind of brittle. You know, that, I think that's a perception that made it permeated its way to kind of the Tip dressing room. And, and I think Sheedy, even though he won't talk about this on Monday if he wins or Sunday evening, I think it'll be used like as regards you know everything you can question your hurling or your fitness or otherwise. But if you're questioning, you know, Tipperary character, and I can just imagine him. You know, he came down to us in 2012. We were in the county final against Dungarvan and we had him down to Tuesday night to come in he was very very impressive now to, his, to a senior group of lads and Milan is mad enough and after he came in he was worse you know what I mean so, ahead, ahead, ahead of, the, of, the, of, the, of the Sunday we were playing the county final on Sunday and I was manager and, and, and we had Sheedy down to Tuesday night he was hugely impressive I think I saw a bit of that aggression that perhaps Again, maybe you don't see it as much. You see a bit of animation did, did, and passion. Did you, did you see the clip at the end of the Wexford match? That yeah, he, yeah. He was wired. He, he was gave wired. a couple. Of, he gave a couple of Ric Flairs and all. Yeah. So I, I just think they have an edge motivationally, and I think, I think they'll find a way. I just think they're going to find a way, even though I don't know. And I hope, I hope Kilkenny win the minor because the, the captain of Kilkenny Miners is in our school and he's an absolute gentleman, lovely young man, James Aylward. So I'd love to see Kilkenny win the minor, but I, I think Tipperary will, will win the senior. Okay, Charlie? Look, at, uh, I think it's going to be, obviously it's hard to call. Uh, it's going to be hopefully a, a titanic battle. Uh, if it's a loose game, I'd worry a little bit for Kilkenny. If it turns into a titanic battle, I know the Kilkenny lads will stay hammering away and, and look at Look at it. Uh, I suppose we're looking forward to the subplot, the, the, the two boys on the sideline as well, Sheedy and Cody. But look at it, after a Titanic battle, I think it can be a couple of points. Can it be a couple of points? 
All right, I don't know how it's after working out like this, Rock, but it's three all. It's three all. And you've got the, you've the casting vote, so we'll leave it down to we'll the Paddy Power ambassador. So you say, can't man to stick the knife into Tipperary or Kilkenny, is it? <laughs> Jeez, I'd hate that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't Which have one? two knives. Oh, yeah. two knives. <laughs> <laughs> God. It's funny, you know, Frank, my Paddy Power called him at the start of the year. I actually, when we were going through, you know, who we'd see later in the stage, I actually had Kilkenny and Limerick in the All Ireland final. That, that was the pairing I had. Um, why Kilkenny? I suppose Limerick, look, and to be remiss of us not to, not to remark on them in the year they've put down, they were wonderful champions, wonderful ambassadors for the game. They kept their principles all year long. They were just outfought and outworked by a Trojan Kilkenny team, right? So. You know, wonderful year for them, great champions. I think they were great for the game. They were great for the game, so fair play to them in everything they've done. Um, Kilkenny, right, and I was talking to Derek about this before. I remember in 2005, the O'Connors and two or three new town lads came back into the car panel after winning an All-Ireland Club Championship. In today, they won it in March 2005, right? They came into our panel. They'd be missing for nationally, but the, the, the lift, them guys coming in, them four or five guys coming in who won All-Ireland Club medals, it just, it brought, okay, we'd been successful in 2004, but it, it just brought the whole thing up another level. It was a fierce jolt and a fierce shot in the arm at the right time. Kilkenny had that this year. They had a couple of guys coming back from injury. They'd been successful at colleges. The whole thing was building, building nicely. I think Cody knew in his own mind he will stumble across his right team and he will stumble across his best 15, which I think he has now. Charlie spoke about a couple of guys who've come in and out, right? I think he, he has his best 15. If he'll go to a shootout, Obviously, Tipperary have the guns and they have the firepower to take out any team. But Cody and Kilkenny will like to bring it to their terms. They like to play the game in their terms. They'll slow it down. They'll make it physical. They'll get their matchups right. And on that basis, and it's very, very hard, right? We've learned for years to give the challenge, when Kilkenny were at the top of the game, to give the challenger, a sh give him the nod, right? Whoever it is will, will be Kilkenny. It's, it's very hard thing to do the back against Kilkenny and all in the final. Their history is there, Cody's history is there. If he wins, it'll be remarkable, I think, to be 12 All-Ireland titles that have a manager. So that, that in itself will be massive. Um, but I am, I'm going for Kilkenny. You're going for Kilkenny. As much as it hurts, I'm going for Kilkenny. <laughs> and it would hurt probably more if I went the other way. <laughs> so there you go, 4-3. It's going to be Kilkenny. You've heard it here first <laughs> on the GR. Listen, that's all we have time for. I hope you all enjoyed the show. We had a great time. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. I'm sure I'm going to head out to the winning team's hotel and annoy a few players on the morning after winning an All-Ireland. And uh, we'll bring that to you on Monday. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing, first goal scorer bet gets a goal. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance of goal, I said I should go on. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.